0: Hello there, folks. Welcome to the Modern Agile Show. I'm here with my two friends, Mary and Tom Poppendiek. We see each other all over the world yes. at conferences, and not are... in
1: the U.S. too often. Though. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so here we are in Helsinki, Finland. We're at the Scan Agile Conference 2018. Mary, you just closed it out with
1: a wonderful keynote. Thank you. What was that about? Well, that was about proxies and permissions. Although, actually. What it was about was Tom and my belief that people ought to be able to make figure things out for themselves. Whether oh, yes. they're children or teams, they should be able to figure things out for themselves. Which, we got the idea of having a principle like that when we saw Brett Victor, the designer's principle, that creators need an immediate connection with what they create. So if you think about that, and you think about... People ought to be able to figure things out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all about that. And that yeah. means you get rid of the proxies in between a development team mm-hmm. and the customer for whom that team is developing something. Yes. And it means that that team needs to be able to have the immediate feedback and immediate connection with what they're creating. Mm-hmm. So they can't move fast enough to get fast feedback if there's if they have to get permission from You know, other teams, uh, if they have huge dependencies, that sort of thing. So if you can act autonomously and asynchronously, those are the teams that are most effective.
0: Wonderful. And just tell us quickly, who is Brett Victor, for those who don't know him? I had never heard of him
1: until today when you showed the video, which which I loved, by the way. Yes, it was great. Amazing video. Um, He's a designer from Silicon Valley. He had um, something to do with the way that your Apple iPhone works. He, had, he did the graphics for Al Gore's uh, Inconvenient Truth video. Mm-hmm. He's worked for a lot of companies doing really interesting design, and he wow. writes tools that help people, help designers see immediately when they change anything exactly the impact of the visual thing. Ah,
0: so immediate feedback like WYSIWYG as we used to call yep. it back. WYSIWYG in the day. <laughs> with
1: the, with the, with graphics design tools of all things. Right.
0: And so okay, so you're taking that concept of of immediate feedback. Do something and you see it yes. immediately to teams yeah. out there. And and so that can conne- so what's the connection again? What what does it mean?
1: Well when I programmed big process control things, I actually then moved to the plant with them. And if something needed changing, I went and I changed that little controller, and then we flipped the switch, and poof, you could see exactly what it did. There was no great big build or anything like that. There was a, I usually didn't tweak it live, but I certainly could see right away the impact. The concept of waiting a very long time to see the impact of what you do, mm-hmm. um, to me, it's, it feels artificial, and we need to have a very rapid understanding of a, I do this. I get that. Especially if you're running experiments.
0: I see. So you're saying that I'll say okay, so basically that the, the proxies. Mm-hmm. So give us some examples of proxies because we want to we don't want proxies
1: because they get in the way of right. this immediate feedback. Right. So um, the business. Oh yes. Is a proxy. <laughs> if there is the business and then the the tech team, then the business is a proxy. Mm-hmm. The product owner is at least as described and prescribed in classic scrum is a proxy mm-hmm. for the real customer mm-hmm. um and you can have financial proxies my favorite or least favorite being cost schedule scope yes which is a proxy for who knows what but how do you know that if you do it you're going to get what you're trying to get
0: yes yes i see so it's basically eliminate proxies whenever possible mm-hmm. okay so when you say the business and, and the tech team we want A whole team. You mentioned this in your talk, a a full stack, whole team that is autonomous, capable of delivering something of value.
1: Yeah, autonomously and asynchronously. Asynchronously. You wanted to say something. Requirements, documents
2: are proxies. Yes. Product owners are proxies. They don't know what is really going to work Mm and what won't. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the tremendous advantages of – the continuous delivery, the uh, DevOps motion, is not just that you save time. It is that it allows you to do quick, cheap experiments. Yes. And quick, cheap experiments also say to find safe. out what works is the essence of lean development.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'd just say safe as well because it, it, you have to be able to do safe experiments. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, but yes, it, it's that 's the magic, yeah, and, and um, yeah,
1: the interesting thing about lean, and i don 't care if it's in a manufacturing plant or lean construction or lean development, fast and safe go together because actually yes. if you have an accident on a construction site mm-hmm. or if you blow up in a you know, have a quality defect in a manufacturing plant, there is no better way to slow things down, yeah, and the faster the flow. The more disruption it creates. Mm-hmm. So, when you have speed, you have to have all of the necessary disciplines in place to have a safe place for that speed to happen. Yes. The faster you go, the safer you have to be. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I've, um, I remember studying about um, people like at, at Alcoa learning how, how to do safety, how to be safe. Mm-hmm. And some of them would complain about a lockout tagout procedure. Um, where I, I believe that I'm – not, I'm not in this field, of course, but I believe that means that if you're working on a machine, you, you, you sort of say, I'm, I'm working on it, you lock it out, mm-hmm. and then you do your work, and then you have to tag out to say, I'm done. Right. And, uh, and you sh- shut down the machine, or you've done, done whatever, put it back in its sa- safe state, whatever it is, and they would complain that it would be slow to do that because the lockout tag out procedure itself took time. Yep. And the actual thing, the little change they wanted to make was relatively quick. However, in the big picture, doing lockout-tagouts saved tremendous amounts of time and let them go faster because that discipline was there and fewer accidents happened and, and things like that.
1: Yes. And that, that's always the case. Speed and quality, speed and safety go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. When you have speed, you have to be disciplined. You yes. have to do that. Yes. You have to do stuff right. If you take a look at the air site of an airport where safety is extraordinarily important. Yes. And you can just watch everybody do stuff. And they have ways of doing stuff that's so routine because if you don't put blocks on the wheels, if you don't block out, somebody might walk under a propeller. And it's just plain routine.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, it doesn't slow them down, but if they had an accident, it would close the whole airport. Yeah.
0: So, um, okay, so the talk, I loved the talk. So proxies are a problem. Get rid of proxies whenever possible. What about permissions? You mentioned that.
1: Okay, so teams that can act without permission from somebody else mm-hmm. um, will be able to act faster and see get feedback faster. Okay. And what causes permissions, you either have to get permission from the proxy that told you what to do, and if you've eliminated that, the other massive cause of permission requirements are dependencies. Yes. Because if you make a change and you're gonna impact 12 or 15 other modules, You have to get all of them to be on board with the change. Otherwise, you can't make it. So getting permission from a group of dependent whatever, modules or teams or something, is a thing that slows you down tremendously. And so that's what I mean by no permission. Mm -hmm. I can act autonomously, and I can act asynchronously from the other teams. I see.
0: Okay. Yeah, these may be new hashtags. <laughs> no, no no proxies and no permissions, huh? Right. <laughs> um, and you're inspired a lot, I, I think, by Amazon Web Services and Jeff Bezos' work. You mentioned some of that.
1: I don't think inspired is the right word. Yeah. But I think it's a good example. Yes. And an early example. An example of somebody who did it not because it was a thing to do, because everybody had to think he was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it worked. And it worked because... He was looking for serious scale, and he had this belief, which I really do like, and the belief is you can't actually get really, really big unless you have autonomous agents acting independently, Mm -hmm. thinking for themselves. Mm -hmm. And anything that's really big, like the Internet or like AWS or any cloud environment, has a lot of autonomous agents. And autonomous – you know, people think, I've got a great big company, I have to have standard processes. Ron? <laughs> Ron, you're not big if, you have, if everybody is doing the same thing. You're only oh, yes. big if you have autonomous agents. Yes. We
2: actually all understand that. Most of us do. Yeah. We live in cities. Yeah. Cities are a combination of numerous autonomous agents, mm-hmm. each pursuing pretty much independent goals yeah. without having to get permission for everything we do. Right. Um, urban planning mm-hmm. is kind of the coordination Mm-hmm. There's infrastructure which enables it, but most of our day to day activity in our lives is as autonomous agents yes, yes the fact that we can't do that in our work environment mm-hmm. indicates a severe limitation on what we can accomplish at work
0: Yes, this is where i um, I sort of uh, <coughs> you know, bristle when I hear you know. Someone like Jeff Sutherland saying that Amazon does Scrum or that Google does Scrum. Um, this is in, in a book he just wrote last year. Like, what, are you, what are you talking about? That, that's just not true. I mean, there, that's there not- could be a team or two. It's possible. Right? Maybe one or two teams <laughs> working. But my my point being, I'm not trying to just tear him down. I'm just saying this is fundamentally um, damaging concept to try to have. The uniform process that everyone uses. Right. There are certain principles I think that are important.
1: But surely that doesn't. Surely the uniform process that everybody uses is not a concept at Amazon.
0: It's not a concept at Google either. We've we worked with them for years. It is not a concept. And you
1: cannot be as big as they are and have a standard process across it. It doesn't work. It's impossible. So scale, scaling
0: processes, scaling agile processes, this whole large-scale agile <laughs> stuff that we see. What do you think of it?
1: Oh, okay, so I did mention this in the keynote, and um, I think that they're a crutch for people who have tight dependencies and have to have a lot of people talk, mm-hmm. but the problem I see is people look at them as an end in themselves and focus a lot of energy on them. The real underlying problem, when you, if you need a process like that, the real problem is your architecture that causes all those teams to have to communicate. Yes, And if you're not attacking the architecture, you're not attacking the root cause of the problem, and you're not ever going to get big. You aren't scaling up to something that's seriously large. And so that has to be viewed as a sort of intermediate waypoint on your way. But if you're not spending the vast majority of your time breaking the dependencies through architectural um, decomposition, then you're making a big mistake.
0: Mm -hmm. You mentioned something, too, um, about Linux You said Mm. something about Linux, and and, uh, can you repeat that?
1: Oh, that's what Eric Raymond has in his Cathedral and the Bazaar. His his, uh, um, first encounter with it, he could not imagine how something with all these autonomous groups of people putting random stuff in there without any coordination – could possibly come up with a stable, coherent system except through a succession of miracles. Yes, and um, uh, through some succession of miracles, we now have Linux that is, runs massive amounts of what is going on in the internet around the world, and um, but it's not a succession of miracles. It's a uh, um, it shows how small, independent. Uh, organizations can cooperate across with a few rules to accomplish some really interesting things. Mm-hmm. Hey, the internet isn't any different than that. the internet itself is exactly the same thing. Yes it's a, it's, it's a lot of tons of small autonomous spots that jointly said if we do these five things together the same way, mm-hmm. if we do email this way and if we have this kind of a, a tcp/IP protocol and a few other things, then everybody gets to do whatever else they want by themselves, And they agree there would be no central control. Yes. And it's because of that that it was able to get so big. Mm-hmm.
0: Wonderful. Um, so I I know you're aware of modern agile. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, these four principles that, uh, of course, I, we show this thing all the time on the show. Um I'm just curious what your sense of it is. What what do you think of this?
1: Well, I like the fact that it summarizes. I was just doing um, a talk about four metaphors, and they turned out to be a metaphor for each one of those things. Ah. Like the first thing is make people awesome. Mm -hmm. You want to make customers awesome. You want to make also the development team awesome. Mm -hmm. And then there's um, create an environment where people can be productive, and making safety a prerequisite is – Uh, one of the key things in making sure that people can be productive. And it's also one of the key things that allows lots of different kinds of people to contribute their ideas. Because if you have people who speak English as a second language or they're, they're culturally a little shy or maybe they're a junior person or they're not like everybody else and they don't speak up, you are missing a huge amount of diverse ideas. Yes. And then, of course, experiment. Yes, that's the, that's the key lean thing that you do. And then uh, if you don't have your continuous delivery, which is if you're not doing it now, you sure should, because we know that can be done. And that gives immediate feedback on the experiments so the creators can have an immediate connection with their results. Yes. And I think it's a really good summary of what Agile ought to be about these days.
0: Thanks. Yeah, well, um, uh, so, but, so let, me, let me counter and say, but, but wait a minute. It's only four principles. Is that enough?
1: I I mean, I don't think lean is anymore. (laughs) 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 One is respect people. Okay, there you go. Respect mm -hmm. people, make people awesome. One is experiment and learn. Um, One is flow. That would be deliver value continuously. And then there's the underlying discipline, which is say I'm not so sure it's that different.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) It, it isn't. I mean, really, modern agile is just what we've seen be successful out there. Deconstructed and back into four principles, trying to get back to a lighter weight approach as well, which is something that um, we you mentioned a lot.
1: Which is like don't have so much process, don't have so many moving parts, don't right. I've always liked the idea of basing stuff on principles, and the reason why I like that is because I never presumed that I could figure out how to tell people how to do stuff. Right. I figure. Um, if I could articulate the underlying principles which allow them to make decisions in their context and in their world, mm-hmm. that would be helpful. And then people could use those as sort of guideposts of what should we be thinking about when we decide what a good process is for our context in our world. Yes. And that's why I, I, I don't like the idea of this is how things should be done.
0: Right. So what about the news? Also, Tom, yes.
2: The, thing I find interesting about those principles is that they're not about software. That's right. They are <laughs> about how organizations can effectively contribute meaning to society as a whole. That's right. Um, it's much more powerful than anything about software or about project management or any of those things.
0: Mm-hmm. We, we, Modern Agile's principles are, are meant to apply to many different human endeavors. Yeah. Because that's what we see, lean concepts really are universally applicable yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, there's no reason to limit it to just you know IT or software development
2: as one of the keynotes noted it's a combination of um, how psychology, how the mind works, along with effective um, experimental techniques statistics he called out the, yes yes um, science of the mind and science of um, things
0: yes. So, but do at some point um, people need to learn what it is, right? So, wh- yeah. what what do you think about this? Because we, I know we talked at breakfast the other morning. Mm-hmm. And I, I was mentioning the coachless team. Uh, you know, we're, the, we were debating on the on the Twitter recently about, you know, how do you uh, what do you tell if you were to say to a team that doesn't have any mentoring, no coaching, no help from the outside world, may, maybe maybe no books even. I don't know, like. How would they get to be, you
1: know, uh, a lean, lean? How okay, would they? so teams need a, some concept of leadership. I have no problem with concept of leadership. In a, um, say, a lean manufacturing plant, a shift would have a shift supervisor, a team lead. Always there would be a team lead, but the team lead would, first of all, would almost always be working. As part of it, part of the team, and have responsibility. And second, as leader, their job would be to teach the rest of the team um, how to do this thing well, mm-hmm. and how to solve problems, and how to learn. Okay. okay. And um, so there's nothing wrong with leaders, but in the manufacturing plant I worked in, they were called shift supervisors. They were not called coaches. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, the concept of a coach means no responsibility for results. right, right. I'm right. not buying mm-hmm. that all yeah. the time. Yeah. I'm not sure that's exactly the right way to go. Mm-hmm.
0: Our business has shifted heavily towards player coaches. Mm-hmm. So that's what we call them now. And they're actually helping to do the work while also helping people learn lean concepts and, and all this good stuff we're talking about. It's very much like the supervisor you mentioned, I think. Um,
2: if you go back to the Toyota Cotta, Um Mike Rother in that book argues that the... Um, Frontline people are the ones that are responsible for the results. Yes. The um, teacher is responsible for developing the frontline people, right. for helping them become effective problem solvers, yes. not for delivering results. Yes. The problems are not solved by the teacher. Yes. They're solved by the teacher challenging and um, guiding
0: mm-hmm.
2: the problem solver the frontline people
0: yeah yeah
2: so it's a matter of at all levels of the leader of a group of people being primarily accountable for
1: teaching Mm. i think the accountability for results remains but the mechanism by which they're supposed to achieve the results is by teaching people rather than getting them themselves
0: yeah right right so i guess this is a I don't know the answer to this one. It might be a strange question, but is, a, is the teacher a proxy then? For? Well, you know what we were, you were saying about eliminating proxies.
1: Okay, so if you look at trying to get um, a product in market, let's take that, all right? Yes, yes. So you're going to have a team with different skill sets. Mm-hmm. And there may, let's say there will be an entrepreneurial leader, sort of like the CEO of a startup or something like that, mm-hmm. who has a vision, collects these people, gets them all working together towards some results.
0: Not a product owner, though. No, more
1: like an entrepreneur. And that group of people will have various skills. Now, they won't, especially in a company when there's lots of these groups, they will not necessarily be highly skilled in their area. So the teacher is like a major professor in a university who owns a discipline like automated testing, Mm -hmm. and their job is to make sure that all of the people doing automated testing are well-trained, know what the standards are, know how to do it well, uh, They hire the right people. That this is done very well in the company. There, there. That's not a proxy role. That's a teaching role. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. A proxy role would be if somebody then would, on the other end, get between the lead, you know, the CEO and the team, and say, "Here, let me give you instructions on what to do." That would be the proxy. Right.
0: Okay. So it's it's a it's a really important role. Then
1: is to a teaching role. uh, You know. Anything that gets really big is going to have to have two kinds of leadership. One is the product, the the customer, The what are we giving the results? And the other is going to be competency leadership of some sort. Yes. And a mm. new person, especially a junior person in a company, yes. needs somebody to say, this is how what we're delivering and why. Mm-hmm. And somebody else to say, this is how you do your job well. Mm. And guide the person in doing their job well. It's not telling them how to do their job or even telling them how to deliver on that product, but saying... In your competency area, these are the standards. This is good practice. This is how we can learn from each other and be responsible to make sure, if it's all about security, that they have the best security in the world across all of the people that are responsible on the teams for security. Yeah. If you don't have somebody paying attention to that, I don't think you're going to have seriously good security, mm-hmm. for example.
0: Right. And you talked also in your keynote about full-stack full teams, that have the right people, at least, in order to do this important work, whether it's security mm-hmm. or deployments or automation or anything. Um, so th- that's the, the opposite of component teams, right? Um, or, or let's say... Uh, component isn't a Not word. the right word, but I mean... Uh, layer the teams. Layer. Technical layered, layer teams. That's right. Here's it's my UX team. Here's my database dev, team. DevOps <laughs> team, which I know is a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> you're saying put them all together.
1: Um, if you think about a service as a, a, a thing that, has, that, that delivers certain things to customers, mm-hmm. then you want everybody necessary to put that service together. Yeah. Now, some, sometimes you won't have every last skill. Maybe you go and have somebody help you with, I don't know, security. But if you have any interface with users, you probably need a designer on that team. Yes. For sure, if you're going to deploy it, Um, on the team is where the ops people belong. Yes. And so on. So the team needs to be like that mini startup. It might go outside for a few skills that it doesn't care to hire inside, Mm -hmm. but everybody necessary to think up, dream up, deploy, run experiments, figure out the right product, and actually then make it happen and support it over time.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Um, Okay, well, we... um we probably need to conclude here and go to dinner sounds good um but it's been a pleasure chatting with you as always and i love all your ideas are uh just right on the right on the mark I, I wanted to tweet everything you're saying but i was too spellbound <laughs> listening um it was beautiful plus your the photos that uh, you use from your husband tom here are amazing just, he's really good isn't he he really is i mean uh i remember uh always you were taking pictures at Agile conferences. And right. Now you're taking pictures of seals and penguins. And well, he was
1: doing that back then, too. The Agile conferences oh, yeah. were sort of oh, on right. the Oh,
0: right. So, yeah, you've been a long, uh, f- photographer for many years. Since yes. he was in high school, oh, since before yeah. I met him. Excellent, excellent. Well, it, it shows. Um, they're, yeah. they're beautiful. You need to have a stock uh, stock photography you know, <laughs> purchasing s- shop where we can buy all these all-
2: yeah. awesome pictures. <laughs> I did about a third of the university yearbook.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, Anyway, uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you You guys. It's always wonderful to bump into you at the conferences. Yes, right. Maybe one day I'll see you in Minnesota. Uh, Or California. Or California, yep.
1: If you ever get there, give us a call. That's right. Yes,
2: for sure. We'll do. Um, We'll answer no matter where we are on
1: the world. If if we're home at the same time that you happen to come, we'll invite you over.
0: Oh, wonderful. (laughs) All right, well, uh, thanks for watching, everybody, and uh, share this with friends and colleagues. Take care. Cheers. So long. (laughs) we <laughs>